When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. And it is the Mackie and Judd after show, which we bring you once, sometimes two times if you are lucky a week. And the after show is uh, yours truly, Judd Zolgad, with uh, Declan Goff. How are you doing today, Dex? I'm good, Judd. I'm good. Did you, by chance, do what I did last night? So starved for sports hmm. that yesterday afternoon when I got home, I actually watched, I think it was called the German Cup soccer game. Oh, no. Just, I, I, no, I did not I do watched, that. Uh, I think I watched a half of that or so. And then not only did I watch basically the entire um, baseball draft, I watched the pregame show to the baseball draft wow. on MLB Network. which With your guy Manfred? <laughs> I'm just, Unequivocally, I got. Yep. Well, they're going to play. He, they, yeah. They're going to play because he's going to force them to play. God. <laughs> he's got the. Uh, he he's holding them hostage and then saying, "I'm going to hold you hostage." No bleep, Rob. Yeah. All right. So anyway, <clears throat> I'd like to calm down. We uh, we got last night our fourth first round at, at least because subsequent rounds are on um, going to be on Thursday when we're recording this on Thursday morning. We got our fourth first round under the supervision of Derek Falvey, who was hired after in, I think it was November, 2016 um, as the twins, basically chief of baseball. Yep. CBO. His title's been changed, but he's the chief of baseball. He's the most important guy in the baseball department. And when he got hired, what was the whole platform? Pitching, right? Pitching, pitching, pitching. He's helped in Cleveland. I think he helped identify Trevor Bauer, if I'm not mistaken, when they got him from Arizona in the deal that they acquired Bauer in, that this guy is a pitching guru. He can identify pitching. And so my immediate thought was, oh, Twins are going to draft lots of pitching. Yeah. And I thought that that would start in the first round. Now, to be clear, this is not a criticism. And the Twins certainly have drafted pitchers, and the Twins certainly did a poor job under Terry Ryan and Bill Smith at times oh, yeah. of trying to find starting pitching in or pitching period in the first round. Okay. But let me give you starting with 2017 with the first draft that uh, Derek Falvey supervised. The first pick in that draft went to the twins and was a high school shortstop by the name of Royce Lewis yeah. and, and Declan Goff. It's expected that he will be up uh, with the big club at some point here in the next few years. Uh, and then and then here's the interesting thing with the next three picks, which includes the pick that they took at 27 last night. College sluggers. So the 
First one that they took in the draft after they took Royce Lewis, Brent Rooker. Oh, yeah. Big the, power. The next one, Trevor Larnick. Yep. And power. then last night, they took first baseman out of North Carolina, Aaron Sabato. Pow, pow, pow. More power. In fact, and I've got this written down here in my notes. Uh, in, in his freshman year at North Carolina, Sabato was the national freshman of the year, hit 343 with 18 home runs, and then played in 19 games uh, at North Carolina as a sophomore this year before the uh, coronavirus pandemic stopped play. He was hitting 292, seven more home runs, 18 RBI. In other words, guy's got some pop. He does have pop. The Twins have pop in right field currently with Max Kepler. The Twins have pop currently once they start with our guy, Miguel Sano. And as you can tell as I'm going through this list of talking about first basemen and right fielders, there is what we like to call a glut. So here's my question. It's been made very clear by Falvey and company that their philosophy is not first-round pitching, which I get because that's dangerous. Like, you don't know if they're going to have TJ Tommy John surgery. You don't know if they're going to have shoulder problems. You don't know if they're going to have mechanical problems. And so they're very much staying away from pitching in the first round. But they're also accumulating too many players at the same position, I think, Mm. to then be able to trade some players eventually for starting pitching that they can get that is major league um, available. So, you know, let's say the Twins are doing good in 2021 and, and you get to July. You can then turn around and say, we will trade you, and I'm just pulling this name out of yeah, yeah. thin air, Trevor Larnick and this package for your starting pitcher. Of the players I went through, and we and we also can go back to the last uh, first-round draft pick that I think Terry Ryan took, which was Alex Kirloff, also an outfielder. Which players do you expect or player do you expect will be the first to go because this has to be a setup for eventual first trades. to go in a trade, right? Yeah, that, yes, yes, because you you are accumulating too many players at mm. the same position. So what you're certainly doing is trying just to get, as you said, power to then spin that off for starting pitching that can step in and eventually help you immediately. Here's the thing: I I think Kirloff um, is the most off limits of those four. I think Kirloff presents the most um, prospect hype. I think he is going to be a very solid major league player. I think Brent Rooker, if you plugged him in right now into the major leagues over on opening day on April 1st, over 162 games, I think Brent Rooker's going to hit you 25 home runs. Is he going to hit above 200? I don't know. But I think he can hit you 25, 30 home runs. That bat can play. Okay. Um, Larnick is probably still another year of seasoning in the minor leagues. And obviously, with the most recent first-round pick that was made last night, we know this, Judd. Best-case scenario, he's not going to be here for two years. Best best case scenario. It's probably gonna be he's gonna have three years in the in minor leagues sprinkling in and, and developing over minor league pitching. Sure. So I look at it and it's probably Rooker. Rooker's probably the guy that you would move. Um because you always you have right now the twins have a surplus of corner positions and power players. Yep. Josh Donaldson's not going anywhere. You know, Nelson Cruz, God bless him, he had a great season, but I, I don't know how much longer Nelson Cruz can hit forty five home runs into his forties. He can still be a productive player, of course he can. But he's 40 years old, and you're going to have to move on. And you had the option to move on quicker than you do with Josh Donaldson, who's entering year one of a four-year deal. Right. So it's probably Brent Rooker. Um, but I will say if it was Larnick, I wouldn't be too upset. If it was the most recent first-round pick, I wouldn't be too upset. I'm just looking at who's the most major league ready. And if I'm, a, if I'm the club who's initiating the trade, 
I want the guy who's probably going to help me out quicker than the other guys who we don't know yet. So for me, it, it's most likely Brent Rooker is the guy that I think other teams would circle. And if I was the, if I were the Twins, mm-hmm. Brass trying to get, trying to orchestrate a trade, I'd probably start with Rooker and see where it goes. Now he he would probably be the ideal guy to trade. Yeah, my guess is that the teams might ask for Kirloff or Larnick before him. True, and that depends on how much those teams stink. So if I've got a pitcher to trade you. And I know that my my franchise is three years away from being relevant, competitive. I might say, I don't care. I, I want your best possible prospect. What I like about this, though, and, and when Falvey got here, I never even considered it, but it's very clear is we've seen so many pitching draft picks fail, right? Yes. They've just so many. And, and, it, or just and not forever. just here, but across the big leagues. Yes. And so what I didn't give thought to was not not the fact that he was good at cultivating and finding and developing pitching, but it was the process. Because I always thought, okay, they're just going to draft pitchers now, and, and instead of what they had with Bill Smith or Terry Ryan, they're going to hit on said pitchers more often. But what they're basically telling us is, no, no, we'll draft pitching, but we're not going to do it extremely high because the risk of those guys and, and probably the percentage of time that those guys actually pay off is not high enough. And so so while the process of improving the pitching is definitely something that I think is in play here, how they're getting there is very different than what I initially expected or thought. I just I thought these guys are going to be better at finding pitching than Terry or Billy, and they probably probably are. But the process of how they're going about it is very different. And it's basically, to me, the acknowledgement of the risk because there are so many variables when it comes to first-round pitchers. This is where it, the, the old narrative of take the best player available. And that's what the, that's, I think that's what the Twins are doing here. They're trying to stockpile as many assets as you have, even if it's a surplus of one certain thing. And power is a new sexy thing in the MLB. People all, everyone wants to hit home runs. Everyone loves the long ball. Well, if I'm looking at Kirloff, Rooker, Larnick, and Sabato, the last four first-round picks, basically, best the slugging these slugging guys we're looking at, sure. odds are only one of them is going to turn out to be a very good major league player. The odds are better that three of these four aren't going to materialize to anything, and that's the unknown of baseball, and that's the unknown of of MLB prospects. Is you can have a great prospect pool all you want, but the odds are when you look at a top ten prospect list. From three years ago, yep. there's probably only one or two guys who are going to be serviceable and above average Major League Baseball players. So it's good that the Twins, I think, have retooled and restocked their prospect tool under Falvey and Levine. And I have the utmost trust that I think that I, I do believe that they know what they're doing. Um, but at the end of the day, you can't get down a rabbit hole of just prospect hoarding because, oh, we always want to have the top 10 prospects. You always have them in the top 10 prospects. Agreed. But odds are... Most of those guys aren't going to work out, so you can't be afraid to pull the trigger, which is why it was so disappointing last summer this time when we were getting close to the trade deadline mm-hmm. that they didn't go out and make the big move. Agreed. And and, it, and to me, when I looked at the market last year, when I saw Marcus Stroman getting traded for the fourth and sixth best prospect, and if that was the asking cost, like the Twins had the opportunity to do that. So that's why it was disappointing. I didn't think it killed them, but I, I would have been more intrigued knowing that Marcus Stroman was your number two in an ALDS against the Yankees instead of Randy Dobnek, for God's sakes. So yeah. I, I think the Twins are in the right spot. 
They're they're doing the right thing by drafting a bunch of sluggers that they can eventually maybe maybe a few will turn out to be major league players, but they're more using them I think as trade bait, and that's that's they, important. And they have to. They have to. They absolutely do. And and keep in mind too, with, with the way that baseball stacks up right now, and this stinks. It's absolutely terrible, but yeah. it, it's the reality of where MLB is at right now. 2020. I, I think that we could have a pretty good debate about when they play. Because if you're going to play a 48-game season to me, I am not at some made-up trade deadline, Declan, going to trade my prospects this time to win some artificial championship, okay? Right. Yeah. But I take 2021 seriously, okay? 2022, at the rate that they are going right now, and if you're a Twins fan, this stinks. But 2022 is in serious jeopardy. These guys can't get their act together about this Right now, December of 21, the CBA expires. So good luck not having a lock, uh, lockout or strike at that point. So 21 to me, with where this Twins team is at in terms of veteran talent, Donaldson, I'm guessing Cruz is back next year, but that's it. Um, with where this Twins team is at and the trajectory and the arc of this team, next summer, God willing, it's a completely normal baseball season. We play 162. There's no interruptions. Next summer is the time to do what you just said, which is at at the latest, the July 31st trade deadline. I think you absolutely positively have to pounce and make a fairly significant deal if you need to. And odds are pretty good with starting pitching that you're going to, to make the type of trade that's going to hurt a bit. But that's when you have to take your shot because 2020, I'm sorry, I hope they play, but I don't see that as a real shot. Right. 2022 might not happen. 2021 is where I make the trade where people are like, oh, wow, the Falvey and Levine camp are serious and just made a trade that, you know what, might eventually come back to bite them in the ass. But right now looks like a go for it move. Do you think I brought this point? Uh, last year, this time with Phil Mackey, too. Do you think the Royals are that upset that they're going to be dog bleep for the next five years, but they went all in in 14 and 15 to get a world, to go to back to back World Series and eventually ho- hoist the trophy in 2015? Like, do you think Royal fans are really that upset that they went off and they, and they sold off the farm to get a bunch of players at the deadline to push them over the edge and get to a World Series no. championship? I don't think they are. I'm not going to say it's unanimous 100% that they're all not in agreement of that, but the majority of them are probably okay, okay with the fact that that city and that franchise finally got a World Series for the first time in however, and now they're going to be bad again. Like, I, I think the Twins are set up better that they're, if, they, gonna, if, they, were, if they were yes. to sell off some prospects. I yes. mean, unless they, Judd, unless they just, like, gave up on Lewis and Kirloff and Rooker. And they're not going to do that. And they're and, not going to do no, that. And nobody is saying do that. Sure. Nobody but, is saying, but no, if you if you offer me right now, a 2021 World Series title, and say, you know what, though, in 2023 or four, it's going to come with a price. If, if I'm you, paying that price, baby. If you're telling me I can go to the world, I have a guaranteed shot. If I, I the devil's at the corner right now, and he's offering me a deal, he says you will go to the World Series in 21 and 22, but for the rest of the decade, you're going to be under 500, and you're going to be borderline unwatchable. I would say, give me the two World Series, not even championships, Judd, appearances. Because I, I don't want to just say like, oh, you get a championship. Of course, you know you're going to take that. Give me the appearances. Okay. I am going to give you the exact alternate reality parameters of what you just said. And my question to you is, how much different would you have felt? Okay. Okay. 
let's say the 2010 Twins win the division, which they did. Go to the playoffs, which they did. They beat the Yankees. And in fact, they go on to win the 2010 World Series. And now, and now I'm going to return you to the real reality of 2011 and beyond. And you suck for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, you're really bad. Yeah. And the Twins were awful. Yeah. But I just gave you a World Series. How much different would you feel about going to Target Field for those years? And how much different would your opinion of the franchise have been if, let's say, you had made the moves in 2010 to get that World Series, but the cost had been what the cost was, which was you just got bad? Sure. Well, I'll answer it first by saying that I still voluntarily went to Target Field knowing that team was dog bleep. And so did I. But I, but how much different do you? How, how much different? Yeah, would it, would, you have it, felt? Would, it would probably would have heightened my projections for what the team can now do after the heels of a World Series trophy. I get what you're saying, um, but I would still take that bet. I would still, I would probably be more upset in the short term of 11 and 12, knowing like God, for God's sakes, we went, we won the World Series last year, and now we're losing 95 games. How the hell did this happen? But I also know that it took. For the Twins' sake, outside of a pop-up year in 2017, yep. mostly just below-average seasons for 10 years. You know that that happened from 2011. I can tell to, you to right. I can tell you right now the fan perception, the feeling of that franchise, if it had paid off in 2010, even followed by several years of bad baseball, would have been so much more positive about the fact that you got that title. Yeah, for that, sure. That you had that title. That you had done something for the in that case it would have been the third time in franchise history um it would have changed the view of that team of the poll ads the feeling so drastically and yeah it's not fun to be bad but to your royals point it's a lot easier to to swallow saying well yeah we're bad but we got there we got our trophy after winning a world series and going to two of them yeah and so but this this to me now does set up for some type of ability to go out in 2021, I hope, and make a deal for starting pitching that's going to probably cost you a prospect or two in some type of package. Um, But I would far rather do that than last night take some pitcher and be like, I really hope he's good. And, I mean, look, Jose Barrios really stunk his first first time up here, and he was a highly regarded prospect. He was taken in the compliment in the comp, 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 compensatory round, so yeah. it took him, you know, five six years to really figure it out. So it, it's rare, you know, the Chris Sales who pitched twelve innings in the minor leagues come up as a reliever and then become a Cy Young candidate every year. That doesn't happen, you know. Walker Bueller, right. same thing. It do, that doesn't people see it. It's like it's, it's starting pitching. Ace starting pitching is the same thing as centers in hockey. You just they're, yeah. they're hard to find, and yeah. there's not there's no real science of cultivating a top three. Center and there's no real science of getting an ace year in and year out. They're a dime a dozen. So I, I think it's a fun conversation, and I think the Twins are in a prime position still to make a big trade and just please have the cojones to do it. That's all I care about. Have the cojones to Except do it. Except the parameters are now not in 2020. <laughs> True. I I wouldn't. If they're I, playing 48 games, I don't I don't think they will, and I don't want them to. It depends on the pitcher who's available. It, it that's ex- well in the contract, yes. But, but if it's one, but but if it's a right, yeah. a pending free agent pitcher who you can get, and let's say the trade deadline's backed up to August thirty first, and he's going to be a free agent after the season for two thousand twenty, I'm out. Like, like like if it was Marcus Stroman again right now, I'm not making that trade. But if it was over last year, I'd make that trade. If it was Noah Syndergaard, I know he's hurt, or Jacob Degrom. If it's Jacob Degrom this year right now, and I know 
It's going to cost at least one of Kirloff plus more. I'm still making that trade. Making that trade a hundred times. hundred times. And the contract for him is... is it's enormous. Yeah. Still, yeah, that's fine. Still time left on it, too. All right. All right. All right. We are done. It's the Mackie and Judd After Show with Judd and Declan. We'll talk to you later.